This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It's Monday, October 25th, 2021. We are just four more Mondays away from Maui, Jake. Let's go. But who's counting? Uh, big show for you as always. BYU is back. Utah is not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is more hateable than ever. Zach Wilson's knee is now in like seven pieces. And Cafe Rio's far better than Chipotle. The open was so good until you said that. Yeah, I know. We have many, many things to debate. Many, many things, including Cafe Rio or Chipotle. And it is my firm belief that you're an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I kid. Uh, big shout out to Chris Carnes, our guy on Saturday, uh, to drop off the Traeger Ironwood 650 and all the accoutrements. We got him a uh, bag of pellets. We also got him uh, the must-have cover that goes with the Ironwood. The thing is amazing. Thanks to our friends at Traeger and Barbecue Pit Stop for making that possible. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And next up on the What Are We Going to Win tour is this Xbox Series S sitting right here on the pow- on the table with 120 frame weights of power. Yeah. And stuff. Um, all you have to do is uh, subscribe to the channel. Take a picture that you're subscribed. Uh, tag us on Instagram, fa- uh, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. We don't say the F word on this show. I'm going to do that. Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. It is Monday, by the way, and I'm already tripping all over. Guess here. what? Today, Monday, Monday motherfuckers. Um, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. I am The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Jake is SLC Supercars. You must tag us both or you are irrelevant. <laughs> you are not the winner. Bye bye. Um, we're giving this away at three thousand subs. Uh, so get on the train now while you can. Let's talk BYU. BYU football, big big win in Pullman, Washington, and a win that was unlike most wins that we've seen this season. It was a close, tight game where BYU's defense actually stepped up and made plays to win the football game which is a departure from what we've talked about on this show. Now, having said that, the defense is still being terrorized by that secondary that BYU has got to figure out with one of the best offenses in the country coming to Provo. But this is a good win. This was an important win. BYU is the only team in the country with four wins against the Pac-12 this country, this uh, this season rather. This is the first time that BYU has four P5 wins on their schedule. And we're not even at Halloween yet. This was a big win, no matter how you slice it. Yes, there are issues with this team, but Jake, I thought this was a critical, critical win to get back to feeling good about BYU football. Yeah, it was nice to beat another Pac-12 team. And I think that this team got back to who who they are under Kalani Sataki, which is a hand it off, uh, play physical football, and, and try to play better defense. And to your point, like, they did show up better on the defensive end, but there were still times where it felt like they were, you know, a little bit lost or just not in the right place or, you know, they're just not on the same page defensively sometimes. 
And so they pay the price for that a little bit. You know, if, if you look at their defense and you're like, all right, if we played a pretty disciplined game, if we had played a disciplined game, maybe this game wouldn't have been as close. Maybe we would have won it by seven or maybe even 10 points if we had played just better overall defense. But at the end of the day, you got this win. And what I really liked about it is you got back to your roots, which is handing the football off to Tyler Algier and letting him work and letting him punish the Washington State defense. And and that really, to me, is what happened. Uh, I look at Jaron Hall and I say, you know, you had a pretty mediocre week. You had an average week, nothing nothing special, nothing to write home about. You did your job. You got in there. You got out, you know. And so with Virginia coming, I, I think, you know, it's going to take more than I, I think Jaron had like 143 yards or something like that, QBR of like 65. You know, it's going to take more than that to win that game. You know, you're, you're going to have to be 250 to 300 yards in the air, and you're going to have to be at least 100 yards on the ground to beat that team. So I just think overall against Washington State, you, you know, you, you went in and you handled business. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that that was like a great performance because I still feel like there's a lot left on the table. We, again, did not see Jaron Hall running the football. Uh, but what we did see was much better execution on the offensive line, which is what led to Algier being successful. And I just think overall this team still has a lot of improving to do. And and, and my my honest opinion is, is it is unfortunate that uh, Baylor Romney is not getting more opportunities because I think this team would be um, would be far more dominant than they are right now. And I think it's a it's a very valid talking point. I think Jaron obviously ran the ball a little more than he had been uh, in the previous weeks, but I actually agree with you. I think that um, you know, and I, I've said this for weeks. I think Baylor Romney is the better option for this team. Because as long as, as, as Jaron Hall is your starting quarterback and not running as he had been, this is a plodding, methodical offense. And that's not going to win you games against teams like Virginia because Virginia is going to come into Provo and they're going to put up four touchdowns. That's going to be the minimum bar because that's one of the best offenses in the country. The question is, can BYU hang with that Virginia offense? And we'll talk about that as the week goes on. But I think you saw what you needed to see from Jaron Hall in that the critical mistakes didn't happen this week. The conservative play calling, the frustrating play calling, I think with Jaron Hall in the game, that is what it is, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. The bigger deal is you beat Washington State on the road in difficult circumstances, in my opinion, whether it be you know what all the distractions what, which were going on with the Washington State football Cougar team thing, uh, Rollacock being fired, like you knew there were going to be distractions in this game and it would have been easy to go there and lose, but you made the place it had to be, to be made. And again, I just hope that this serves as an example that you have to make Tyler Algier the center of everything that you're doing on offense. I don't know why BYU wants to try and complicate things and you, you want to try and get cute and have Jaron Hall be the center of attention. He can't be on offense because he's not capable of being. Tyler Algier is one of the best running backs in the country. Turn around, give him the football, and then figure out where you need to go from there. Because, Jake, I think that's the only way that you, you win consistently. Yeah, and I, I don't know why you wouldn't you know continue to just feed Tyler. I mean, I, I think that you know Algier has proven outside of the uh, what the Boise game to be pretty uh, – 
to be pretty reliable in terms of turnovers, in terms of making the right reads, uh, you know, with when to cut back and, and where to go and everything like that. And I, I just think overall this offense does better, you know, when they're running the football effectively, and pretty much every offense will. And, and I think when you have a situation at BYU where – You've got a guy in Jaron who isn't exactly the most prolific thrower of the football, and, and I know everyone's going to say, well, you know, he threw for 300 yards, and now he's thrown for 165, and he looks good. And, and I'm telling you, yeah, but you can do better. you got a guy on the bench who can, you know, do twice as much as Jaron can do through the air. So that's why I say with Tyler Algier, I think no matter who's playing that position, it has to be a priority to get him going because once he's going – then you can really do some things, you know, because if he's getting, let's say he's getting five yards of carry, your your play action is going to be much more devastating on the defense than it would be if he's averaging one or two yards of carry. And we all, we all see it, right? If you've watched any BYU football this year, you know that the games where they are able to run the football, they're really successful. But the games where they're not able to run the football, you know, efficiently and, and effectively – they're not really all that successful, no matter who's playing the position. So, I, I, yeah, I think Tyler Algier is the guy who largely determines what they're able to do on offense. Well, in a, a, but see, I don't think Jaron Hall played poorly. I, I don't think he did. He, he, he threw the ball well. Um, he, in my opinion, I, I feel like he protected the ball. But that's just about all he did. And I, I don't think – in. I'm trying to be careful and I'm trying to be measured because I'm with you. I, I, I think it is very clear that Baylor Romney is your best quarterback. But at this point in the year, you're not going to make a quarterback change unless there's an injury, right? Jaron Hall running eight times, but for only 17 yards is not ideal. But at this point, this is the guy who brung you and you're going to go to the dance with him. Yeah. And I, I think it's unfortunate. I think BYU I think BYU missed an opportunity to be a better football team. But that doesn't mean that you can't win games. And again, I know that this was a big question on Saturday during the game, but I, I actually don't even think it's Jaron Hall that that makes this offense plotting and methodical. I think it's it, it is some really average play calling. And I, I don't know if that's because there's a lack of faith and I, I, I continue to say that I don't believe that Jaron Hall has the complete confidence of this offensive coaching staff. I, I just don't see that. I don't see it in the play calling. I don't see it in the route combinations that they put on the football field. Um, are there are injuries on the offensive line? Well, guess what? That's been the entire season yeah. that you've had injuries on the offensive line and empties out and okay, well that's all well and good. But at some point, I think you have to do what's best for the football team. And right now, I, I think you're just going to stay with the status quo. And I think you need to run the football. When, when you get 191 yards and six yards of carry, you've got to run the football. And so I think that's what they're going to do. I, I also think that you've got to throw the football more than they're doing that now. And I think that you're not getting nearly enough out of Isaac Rex. I think he is a critical performer on this on this team for this offense. Um, I don't know why there is. I'm not saying that they're hesitant to throw him the football. They do not target Isaac Rex nearly enough. They do not, in, in my opinion, if, if I am BYU, I am doing everything that I can do to get him the football, especially in the red zone. I think he is unbelievable. Um, 
the other thing that I I think is really stands out to you um, is that you did not have a catch out of somebody with the last name Nakua on Saturday. And if that's the case, you're not going to win a whole lot of games <laughs> because the thing that's starting to come out of this offense every week is the big plays. The big plays are are fewer and fewer. And, you're you, you know, against Baylor, we saw the occasional deep ball. But BYU wasn't able to capitalize on that because you couldn't run the ball. Against Washington State, you could really run the ball, but you were unable to, to, to make the big play. And I don't know how you put all this together and how you fix all of this until philosophically you just go all in on Jaron Hall because you're going to be in a shootout potentially. Virginia is going to come to Provo and they're going to score four touchdowns. The question is, can BYU match Virginia in that offensive onslaught? And I think there are real questions about that because I don't believe they their big playability that we saw so often early in the season has you know, almost evaporated at this point. And I, I and I don't know how you get that back right now. Yeah, I mean, I I think it, I think the key to that lies within the balance between run and pass. I think that. You know, it, like in the games where, again, in the games where Algier is having a good outing, you know, and, and you've enabled him to get to the second and third level, I think you're putting yourself in a, in a, in a much better position to effectively pass the football because, because of how lethal the play action can be out of that. I mean, when the defense has to respect what the running back is able to do and you're faking it to the running back and then taking a shot deep, I mean that that's that's a prime situation for you as a quarterback offensively. So I just think that you know for BYU to get the big play back, it, it, it literally all just starts with with the running game. And and I really don't think it, it, it is um, in Tyler Algiers control. To be completely honest with you, I think it's in the offensive line's control. When he's got space to run, he dominates. You know, it's when he really doesn't have anywhere to go and he can't get past two yards where he's just not effective because nobody's going to be effective in that setup. So to get the big play back, I mean, yeah, the simple truth is is you're going to see more big plays if Baylor Romney's playing quarterback. That's just that's just the, the simple truth. Well, of it. But I, I also think, like, we need to just be real honest about the injuries on this team. Mm -hmm. They are what they are. They've been here all year. You haven't adjusted. Like, the offensive line – you're not going to play two, three guys deep and get quality offensive line play at this level. That's just not going to happen. And unfortunately, with Lachance missing so much time, and now MP clearly is going to miss more time, um, I think you're you're, you're going to continue to be in that situation. Run the damn ball. Yeah. Okay, great. But why are we running the football? You're If you're not going to run the football to open up the linebackers to, to throw the ball seven yards, why are you running the football? Because I, I still don't understand, and, and if I'm wrong, somebody please correct me, and I'm sure you will. This team plays at one level in the passing game. That's over the top. They don't throw the ball underneath. They don't throw quick outs. They don't throw bubble screens. And I, for the life of me, don't understand it. Because you have the talent to do that, right? I mean, you you have guys, and it's why I like seeing the you know Nakua running the ball a little bit or – being used in different sets. But again, this is why I ask where Isaac Rex is. This is why I ask where, where is, you know, and, and we see it with Utah. If you had a package of plays like they have for Britton Covey, for, for Isaac Rex, for the Nakuas, for, like for any of the 8,000 wide receivers that you have, your, your offense would be better for that. 
But BYU just does not call those quick outs. BYU does not call slants inside underneath the linebacker. They don't. And I don't know I don't know why cuz you, you're more than talented enough to do that. I wish BYU would throw the football to the running back far more than they do. Yeah. Because if you're going to do that, it's going to take a body or two to to cover that running back. I don't think you throw the ball to the back nearly enough. I I I don't. I I look at the numbers in this game. You know, and and obviously again, this goes without saying. The defense is an issue, but it wasn't an issue in Pullman on Saturday. Let me put it this way. I don't truly believe that the reason you're winning or losing games has anything to do with the defense. I, I, I think that the defense could be could help you more. Yes, the defense, if the defense was better. Especially if, the secondary. Yeah, if, if the secondary was better and you could lean on them, yeah. Would that be nice? Sure. Is it why you're winning or losing ball games? Absolutely not. Absolutely when you not. only get 147 yards passing, and, and you're getting 238 yards rushing, and most of that's coming from one guy, you're not very difficult to defend. That That's the thing that, that worries you when you bring in, you know, Bronco's a really good football coach, and we're going to talk a lot about him uh, as this week goes on. But his football team is very good. and They're good. They're not very good. Offensively, they're very good. This BYU football team creates a situation where they're average and they don't have to be yeah, because they're not hard to defend. This offense is not dynamic and it's frustrating to watch snap in and snap out. And you just know that you're going to get some kind of, of play that you're hoping for a good result on. And it, it, it's it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, I, I don't understand why why there's not more creativity in the passing game. I mean, I I, I agree with that. I, I think that you know whether you're looking at the pro level or the college game, the tight end is absolutely vital to your success uh, throwing the football. I mean, you you got to be able to hit your tight end on the 15 yard crossing route. You got to be able to yeah. to to use your tight end to chip the rusher and then send him up the seam. Like you got to be able to do these different things. And and I don't know. You know, it's speculation, right? But if you really start to think about what the reason for, for them not passing more, or being more creative, or doing more things in the passing game would be with Jaron, I tend to agree that. I mean, I, I don't know what other reason there would be other than you don't necessarily 100% believe in what he's got going for him with that arm. You know, you don't 100% believe that he's got pinpoint accuracy down the field. And, and, I, and I don't think that's being harsh or hating on Jaron, but – it's no secret that the guy has bad ball placement down the field. I mean, he, he underthrows all of his deep balls without a doubt. Uh, I, I think that he has missed several uh, passes that required some touch, like by the sideline or over the middle. They're either behind or too far in front or too high. The ball placement just isn't where it needs to be. So can he play, can he play football at a high enough level for them to win games? Absolutely. A hundred percent. No doubt about it. But, but how much are you losing by, by having him playing for you because the other thing that again that gets brought up all the time on the show that we haven't even talked about today uh is jaron running the football i mean he's not doing that and and that takes away from his game he needs that part of his game to be a problem for the defense to open up the passing game to make his life easier in the passing game because right now what's happening is hey we're either gonna we're either gonna turn around and hand it off to tyler or we're going to try and pass through the secondary that knows we're passing. That's the problem. When a defense knows what you're going to do, you become incredibly easy to defend. So 
I just don't think it's rocket science on how to keep a defense honest. Run the football, complete the passes at a high percentage, even if they are five to seven yard routes, and push the ball down the field when you get the opportunity. I don't know why that's so hard, but apparently it is. Yeah, and I, I, I again will just say there there is a there is a real lack of explosive plays from from this offense right now, and it's it's frustrating because you've seen their their ability to throw the ball up top with success. And I'd like to see that. I just don't understand. I don't understand why there's so little production underneath. I, I really, it's, it, it continues to baffle me um, as, as to why I, I, they are. But we'll see. I mean, I'm telling you right now, Virginia is going to be a handful offensively. And this secondary is going to have to really take a big step forward with, you know, again, and the injuries are what they are. I mean, you, yeah. you're, you've been injured on the defensive line all year long. Um you know, but I think Mahe showed he's he is capable of of making an impact up front. Like I mean, the linebackers. Like I I think you feel very good about some of the things you saw Saturday against Washington State. Let's um, let's see what we we uh, let's see what we got in the comments section. Tanner Plummer says, "Morning, boys. Good win for BYU." Gabe Ladley, what's up? Good to see you. He's Casey Finlinson says this BYU team is injured beyond what I knew. They are playing a lot of depth players across the O-line, D-line, and secondary. That's college football. Football yeah. hurts. Every, everybody, it's October 25th. Everybody's injured. So I, I, I think you that this is your job as a football coach, especially in college. You got to be three deep. Your three, your three deep has to be pushing. Your third guy has to be pushing the ones for reps. Yes. And and BYU doesn't have that in the secondary very clearly. Their their secondary is terrifyingly average. The corners especially. I think you, we saw Saturday that you can get some good safety play, but it is it is scary in my mind. Um, when you look at these corners, and it, 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 if Malik Moore doesn't make that interception, Washington State's scoring. Having a different conversation. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's scary to me. It is. Um, Tanner says, for the love of all things holy, can BYU please stop rushing three? Well, I, I think you have to find a way to cover. And it's been – rushing three is almost an, a, a necessary evil because you have issues at the corner spot. So how do you how do you compensate for that? Especially when you have injuries at, 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 at the linebacker and on the defensive line, you got to flood the, you got to flood the zone. You have to take away space for, for big plays to happen. And again, BYU has, has been the entire season. They have been a bend, don't break defense. Yeah. And flooding the zone is more bend, don't break. And I, I actually don't disagree with it because it frustrates quarterbacks. I can I can tell you that much. Uh, the Blind Swordsman says, Morning, boys. Algier is a beast. Go Zubies. Uh, Tyler Algier is one of the best backs in the country. It, it The problem is he doesn't have a lot of run, room to run. He is – it's a good thing he's so good after first contact. He's a Be punishing back. He, re he really is. Uh, what's up? Chris Carn says, morning, boys. How about them bears? Bear down. Yeah. I No, we'll talk NFL in a minute. Eric C says, morning, fellow Colt members. San Diego State with another quality win. Uh, anyway, Tanner Plummer says, hey, Eric C, look, BYU is ranked top 25. Stand. They're okay, Tanner, Eric C says. They are just okay <laughs> right now. Um, Josh Alpaw, we lose to Virginia 14, 17, 
by 14 to 17 points, just not physical enough. Well, and there is some conversation to be had in that. Yeah, bro, it's Monday. It's Monday. Relax. Relax. Let's not, let's not get on the BYU is going to get their ass kicked at Lavelle by Virginia train quite yet. No, by Bronco. Whatever, dude. It's not Virginia. It's Bronco. Bronco. Uh, CJ, good morning to you. He says, I get your point, but those Nakua runs show how quick he is. I don't mind some of that uh, for a change of pace in the run game. Yeah, but you've got to. <clears throat> it can't be the Jaren, only thing. Yeah, Jaron's only value is explosive plays. That's his only value. Because the guy, you know, I was looking at some numbers um, earlier today, and I'm, I won't be able to find it, but um, I was looking at some numbers earlier today, and, I mean, it is it is painfully obvious that Jaron Hall's highest effective use um, is down the field. I mean, he is not somebody um, that you're going to get a whole lot of yardage from underneath. You know, I mean, it, it is – he is a guy who has to throw the ball to the left side of the formation and down the field. That's that's where he's effective. Um, I I don't look at I don't look at Jaron Hall as a guy that is. Um, I don't look at him as a balanced passer. I just I I I, I yeah I I don't mean to be redundant. I just don't understand the lack of. I don't understand the lack of underneath production. Um, you know, like I, I, I would really like to see really more 10 plus. Yeah. Just give me more, give me more 10 plus yard plays. Well, when they're pushing the ball down the field, good things happen. And, and that's the thing that I just don't quite understand. Like, again, get early in games, establish Algier, come out, make it a priority to create holes for him and, and, and get him running for first downs early in games. And yeah. Then, run play action off of that of whatever variety and you're going to find yourself in a good position. I mean, that, that's just, that's, you know, been a concept since the beginning of football. Yeah. And I, I think the one thing that we're really missing in this offense is the the big run after the catch play. Right. You know, like if you, but why though, why is it missing? And this is something we've talked about a lot because there's no room to run after the catch. Oh, I disagree with that. I think Jaron's missed several throws where his guys could have well, easily Well, that's that's very run, true. run after the catch and and run into the end zone. I mean, Yeah, he's just... but he's also not a guy that's going to lay a ball out in front of a receiver deep down the field. But see, that's but that's my point. How are we okay with saying, "Well, he's just not that guy?" How is that even possible as a quarterback? Because right now as a as a as a this, he's not going to get better as a deep ball thrower this season. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, he is the season, who he is. He can't get better. I yeah, mean, we're not... in late October. Yeah. This kid is who he is until he gets back to working with John Beck and he has another summer and off season of development. That's what Jaron Hall needs. Jaron Hall is an okay below he's a par below par quarterback. I mean, he's not and, and BYU fans get really upset when I say this. He's an average to below average quarterback. He is not a guy that's difficult to defend because he's standing in the pocket trying to throw the football. He's behind up. Well, and, and but they do get all BYU fans. It's okay to be honest about the talent that's on the field. Jaron Hall, when he is relegated to passing the football, is an average to below average player. He is not – if you look at his impact on the game Saturday, what was his impact? Leading the offense, calling plays, running the huddle, making he a He wasn't passes. a plus, and he wasn't a minus. <laughs> yeah. He 
he just was the guy that was handing the ball off to Algier. Maybe the better way to say it is, is he wasn't he wasn't an impact player during the game. I mean, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't somebody that decided the game for you or or was like a clear like difference maker on the field. Uh, and, and and I don't know. I guess I just I'm sitting here looking at the season and saying, okay, you know, your losses, you should not have lost those games. I look at these games and I say, my God. You were three touchdowns light against Baylor, and you should have had all those touchdowns if the ball placement was correct, but it wasn't, right? And then well, I, and the missed opportunities, the turnovers against Boise. That's what I'm saying. So, like this team, you know, at the end of the day, should be like seven, eight, no, right now. That's where they should be. But the Boise game, I'm not putting on Jaron. There were mistakes made by everybody in that game. Yes. BYU was not prepared to win that football game, but but the Baylor game. I do put on Jaron a little bit because there were like three, four opportunities where he completes the pass, but the the receiver literally has to stop and come back to the football. And look, there's a reason that this team is almost unbeatable. I think they're undefeated in the Kalani era when they score on their first drive. And why is that? Well, because they're terrible coming from behind. And Jaron Hall's not a guy that is, his best, highest use is not trying to lead a team on a comeback. They're, they are really good when they play with the lead. And why is that? Because they can run the football and they can burn clock and they can chew up, you know, six, seven yards of carry for Ch Tyler Algier. And that sets you up to hit a big play. That's who Jaron Hall is. Jaron so, Hall isn't the guy that's going to stand in the quarterback or stand in the pocket and deliver the football in crunch time. Yeah. And by is. the way, you're going to trail against Virginia. So we're going to figure out how this, how this offense adjusts to that. But, yeah. you know, it's a good win. It's a good win. Again, BYU is the only team in the country with four wins over the Pac-12, and I don't care how bad the Pac-12 is. You got four wins in that conference. I'll take it. That That is – that's they're 25th in the country. I'll take it. It's October 25th. I'll absolutely, absolutely all day take that. Zach Thornton, Thornton good morning, too. He says, uh, actually, big brother Nakua and I believe uh, had two catches. Uh, let's see. I will look at the El, numeral, El numerals. The box. Uh, Sampson had one catch, excuse me, seven yards. Neat. Yeah, he had one catch for seven yards. So, Neil Pau had six. Isaac Rex had three. Dallin Holker had one. Nakua, Katoa, um, Algier, Mason Waco, and that's right, Jaron Hall had one. Um, you know, 147 yards passing is not going to win football games. Yeah. You you just, you, you better understand that. And when you only get one sack... That's not probably going to, um, you know, and, and look, uh, Anaisa Mahe is a really important player. And when Mahe's healthy, and, and we've talked about this before as well, when, when, when you are, this team's relying on linebackers to win games yeah. defensively. I mean, there's no question that guys like Ben Bywater, uh, Morgan Piper, I, you know, I, 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 is a huge player for this team. I think Morgan Piper remains really important. Um, you know, Peyton Wilger, Max Tooley, those guys all have to play at a very high level for BYU to to, to be successful on defense. Mm -hmm. um, because you are, it, I think you are asking a lot, um, you know, out of Tyler Batty. I think you're asking a lot out of Anaisa Hey, I think you're asking a lot um, out of that defensive line that, that we see so often playing in rotation and playing, you know, playing three down. It, but that's what this defense is. You're, it's October 25th. You're not going to change it. 
You're not going to change it on October 25th. Uh, Tanner says, LOL, hey, fellow Colt members, when are we going to go South America and establish Monty Town? No, we're not. Uh, Zachary, Monty Town. Yeah, no. Zachary Thornton says, a little exaggerated on the over-the-top thing, but yes, you have a point. It's not ex- – how is it – help me understand. How is it exaggerated? Like, like how? how? Wh- where is the Jaron Hall hit his guy in stride, ran it into the end zone throw this year? Where is that throw? Because I haven't seen one. That's why I say it's not exaggerated. If, what, are if, the, what are the moments in Jaron Hall that you remember? Well, you remember the run against Utah. The run against Baylor. You remember the run against Arizona State. You remember the run against Baylor. And that's it. He's not a gifted thrower of the football. He is not a guy. He He's not artful at the back shoulder throw. He's not the guy who will lay the ball out in front of his receivers to go run underneath it. That's not who he is. He's a, he's a fly ball thrower. He's throwing the ball up in the air and hoping that Kainakua makes a play. You know, like that's – I said Kainakua. Hello. That's a name from the past. He's hoping he's hoping that his guy, and with Gunnar Romney being banged up now, that obviously does not help you because yeah, I we, think we don't get Romney on Romney crime anymore. No, I think Gunnar Romney is your best receiver, from what what I've seen. Yeah, you know, like I, I I'm I, I think Puka Nakua is a really good receiver as well, but I I think Puka is that guy that you want to catch. See, like to me, Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua are the burners. I think Samson Nakua is much more of a possession receiver. A guy that'll make a tough catch, get banged, hang on to the football. And I think Isaac Rex is a guy that's underutilized. And I also think that Tyler Algier is a guy that's got to, in play action, when you go play action, he needs to catch the ball three yards beyond the line of scrimmage and run after the catch. Like, to me, that's a play where, hey, Tyler Algier, play action, hand it off to, or fake the handoff, let him run through the A-gap, or let him run around the edge, turn around, and catch the football in space. Like, that play to me is is not even in their playbook. I can't believe it's even in their playbook. Because what you're seeing is, oh, well, we're going to motion, you know, Algier out to the right, and we'll throw it to him in the flat, and he's going to fight through 17 guys. Yeah. I think the, the opposition coaching staff is trying to make tackles as well. Like, that's what he's up against. And that's not an effective way to make a living in the short passing game. So... I don't know. They're, they're just not effective. They're, they, yeah. Anyway, yeah. if this team's not over the top explosive, they're not going to win games. It's going to be a fight. Um, Dax Johnson. Johnson. Uh, says, morning, balls, all, uh, morning boys, Algier running for 192 and a W. Who would have thought tackling was uh, bad, but a W is a W. That's right. Let's just move on. You know, like they, you got to win. Yes. A win's a win. Yes. Um, Gabe Rashmussen says, what's up, dudettes? What's going on, Gabe? Good to what's see up, you. Um, Cam Harrison says, BYU 4-0 in the Pac-12. Good morning. Yes, indeed it is. Uh, Virginia's quarterback is a beast. He is, and we'll talk about that coming up this week because Bronco's coming with a handful of, of death for you. I mean, he is somebody that, um, man, it's difficult. Don't you know who Virginia, I am? Yeah, well, Virginia's very good. Virginia is very good. You want to talk about a quarterback? Uh, Brennan Armstrong, 3,220 yards, 23 scores, six interceptions. It's my quarterback. Homeboy can throw the football. Like, and, and again, this is why I say, 
And when we talk about Jaron Hall and you see guys like Jaden Delora, I look at Jaron Hall and you're like, well, he missed some games and he's been I injured. more. 1,348 yards passing, nine touchdowns, three picks. It is what it is. He is – Jaron Hall is – a is. Jaron is Jaron. Jaron's a quarterback. But if you – if you know, anyway. It's not the best situation, and we all know that. Just saying. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. Spencer Morgan says, play action is also more devastating when it's a quarterback who can throw. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, Kalani is showing his inner Whittingham in the QB decisions and play calling poor Samson Nakua. This is just deja vu for him. It really is. It really is. I mean, I understand why he transferred. He wanted to play with his brother and yeah, but this is the, the, I mean, but then again, who's the offensive coordinator at BYU? Oh, that's right. Gay Rod used to be at kick it. will flow Utah. They're all buds. So we play the same exact style everywhere. Jeremy Bolton says Jaron Hall is ranked number 11 in QB in college football for QB rating. Cool. Okay, so wait. So you're and and Jeremy, you're going to you're going to die on this hill. <laughs> so you're good with the way Jaron Hall is playing quarterback. You're fine with the plotting methodical turn around and hand it off and then throw it 50 yards down the field and hope for the best. Cuz that's what this offense is. And you are not dynamic offensively because Jaron Hall's not dynamic offensively. You are only in college football. You are as good as your quarterback. And that's why this team is, is a very average football team right now. You can't, you're, you're really relying on quarterback rating in college football. You're relying on quarterback rating. You know, like it is one of those things that I, I just, you can sit here and the narratives on BYU. Oh, we have so many injuries and oh, it's the boys are playing so hard. We're not here to make excuses. We're here to win games, right? If you want to, if you want, you asked for a P5 conference and well, you got one. You're in the big 12. So in five years, are we going to be having the same discussion? Really average play calling. The, it, it is. And I tweeted this Saturday, and people were all upset. Well, they won the game. You won the game. I agree with that. But you're going to have to the, – the honest to God's truth is you're going to have to be a completely different football team on Saturday in Provo against Virginia if you want to win that game. Is it cool to get to a bowl game and lose it? Like, is that cool? Is that good enough for this yeah, team? I think you're going to a bowl game that you're probably going to win. Well, but I'm asking, though. It, it it going it, it, to me BYU just going to another you know Liberty Bowl is not what's the point? What are you playing for? Because you're and this is the thing that I think BYU fans struggle with is that you know you talked about it for a decade. We have to beat Utah and it you know if we want to have that or we want to do or we want to have or we. Okay, well, you beat Utah. Well, we need to be in a P5 conference. Okay, in the same weekend, you got into a P5 conference. And now you're refusing to be honest about your quarterback. I mean, you can, you're can you running, Jeremy Bolton, you're running a QBR stat at me about Jaron Hall. Yeah. And this is what I said against Baylor. And this is, I'll say this ever, oh, he threw for 300 yards. It's not his fault. Yeah, it is. You lost to Baylor because you had no ability to come from behind and win. 
You were never in danger of winning that game. Yeah. If this team trails, just fucking pack the bus. It, you're not coming from behind to beat anybody with Jaron Hall as your starting quarterback. You're And, and again, I'm freely, free to admit, I am the guy who believed that Jacob Conover should have started. The, the Jacob Conover should have been the starting quarterback against Boise. Yes. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Jaron Hall was not ready to play. And we saw that. And you lost the game. Now, you lost the game not 100% on Jaron. Absolutely the turnovers. You were never coming from behind in that game. You lost that game. You lost all hope at a New Year's Six. You, I, I mean, think you... the Baylor game is the better example because everybody wants to point to, everybody wants to point to, you know, oh, well, you know, you know what? The defense was terrible. That's right. Hey, by the way, is there anybody who's thought this secondary was a lockdown secondary at any point at any time in this season? No. This is who you've been, man. This is who you are, right? I, like, I agree. For for me, there there are no secrets in football. You can't hide guys in football. I just think that the BYU fan base, with all due respect, wants to be really nice. They want to be accepting. They want to be like, oh, well, Jaron threw for 300 yards and everything's great. I mean, he 342 great and his game. QBR was 94 against Baylor. It's not his fault. The, well, the stats say he had a nice game, but the problem is is we're not just asking Jaron to have nice games statistically. What we're asking is for him to be a difference maker, for him to, to, to cause chaos so that defense can't just sit on Tyler Algier and say, oh, well, even though – you know, you're doing a little play, you know, RPO here. We know that Jaron's not going to run. Yeah. You know, that's the only reason that huge run happened because Jaron finally decided to take it from the back and run. And by the way, that was what, a 65 or a 56, yeah. whatever that run was. He finished that game with what, 25 yards against Baylor? Like, and that's why I'm saying, like, I'm not trying to be like Danny Downer. Like, I'm, I'm really not trying to be that. When he ran for 56 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. That was a real moment in the game. I mean, that, you know what that I thought, you know what I thought when he did that, I thought, okay, he's running away from their secondary guys, right? There was like three guys chasing him and he's running away. So it's not health as to why he's not running. He can run. If no, it's had, a choice at this bro, point. If you had it, rib issues, even like even lingering rib issues in the Baylor game, you would not have outrun those guys the way he did. So he's healthy. It is, it is, it is one of two things. It is Roderick saying, I'm not putting you in harm's way anymore. Or it's Jaron just simply refusing to run the football. And and for the life of me, I don't get it because early in the year when they played Arizona, the run play option was lethal. I mean, you torched them. I, how many times in that game? But it, you, it's Utah and Arizona State. You beat Utah and Arizona State because Jaron Hall made big plays with his legs. Yeah. He has not beaten anybody with his arm. Show me the game where Jaron Hall threw the football and he he propelled BYU to a win throwing the football. Yeah. I don't know how we got into this Jaron Hall thing, but anyway. Well, let's talk about it. I'm no, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't. <laughs> CJ says, what are we playing for? Any other year, it would be to get into a P5. Now it's to get recruits to come to our Big 12 entrance. Plenty to play for. Beating in-state teams helps a lot. Well, you're already recruiting at a very high level. I mean, like, we uh, again, I don't understand why we just can't be honest about where BYU is. BYU's a, a mediocre football team. 
Why can we not be honest about that? They're not playing good football right now. They are not the same team that beat Arizona, Utah, Arizona State. They're not the same team. They aren't. Why? 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 What? What is taboo about saying that? The moment that that Arizona State fractured Jaron Hall's ribs, this became a different football team. Yeah. The moment, furthermore, that Baylor Romney hit his head on the turf in Logan, this became a different football team. The moment that you chose not to play Conover against Boise State and you played Jaron Hall, this became a different season. Why is that so hard to grasp? Like, you're not playing for recruits. You are, but that's not the main reason you're playing. Yeah. Okay, you're recruiting at a very – you're winning the state of Utah running away with a freight train at this point. BYU is blowing the doors off of Utah in this state right now, recruiting-wise. Yeah. What are you playing for? You're playing for respect. You're playing to establish yourself in who you are. That's what you're playing for. We're listening to the FS1 pregame show two weeks ago, and they're talking about BYU versus, you know, Big 12 teams. And you're playing for respect. That's what you're playing for. So when your play calling is boring and, and predictive, it's not good for the football team. And when your quarterback can't throw the football effectively, if you would just own up to the fact that Jaron Hall cannot throw you to a win, you'd be in a far better place. Yeah. But right now, wow, the drop machine works. But right now, but right now, Kalani and company are not willing to make a tough decision on, on Jaron Hall, and they were not willing to do that against Boise State. They weren't. So it is what it is. You are who you are. You just need to be honest about that. This is a, an average football team. I fear the final score on Saturday. Because Bronco, and again, I know we're going to talk about Bronco a lot this week. Bronco ain't coming to win a football game. I got news for you. Bronco's coming for a whole hell of a lot more than trying to win a football game. Because in case you haven't noticed, there's an ax being grind right now. There is a larger storyline. There is a larger issue at play with Bronco versus BYU. He's not downsize your face with a shovel. He's not coming to win a football game. He's coming to prove a point. And good luck. If you're going to play the way you played in Pullman, in Waco, if you're going to play the way that you played against Boise State, you might as well just not show up. Final. Like, just have a, a, a instead of a football game, just have an honor of thy Bronco. <laughs> Sell tickets, everybody cheers. Honor and, thy Bronco. Because you're going to play the way you played the last couple of weeks. This is not going to be a close football game. God bless. It, it's not. You know, I it, it just it just is not. My, oh, okay. Jeremy says, my point of the quarterback rating is he's playing effectively. No, he's not. What uh, Jaron Hall is an average-ass quarterback. He's not effective. He's not throwing the football well. He's not. Those 300-yard games are made with big throws down the field on the left sideline. Maybe middle of the field, his, he is a one-dimensional quarterback who can't throw a deep ball to his right. True. Cannot throw a deep ball to his right. He throws a deep ball left or middle. That's it. And his deep ball is not pretty. He's, he is relying 
on Gunnar Romney or Puka Nakua to go up and make a play. It's that simple. He's not an effective quarterback. He is not. If he's not going to run, he's not an effective quarterback. Yeah. Period. If he's a guy that's just going to try and be a thrower, forget it. He's not that guy. I'm, it, he's not. With all, it, it frustrates me so much that BYU fans will just not own who your football team is. It's really frustrating. At least, listen, at least Utah fans, at least like Clemson, I'll give Clemson fan a lot of credit this year. They're owning how bad they are, and they are bad. They are bad. They're owning that. BYU, BYU fan has this idea that they should be playing for a, a, a spot in the college football playoff right now. So get your facts straight. And you shouldn't be. Because you're not a good football team at this moment. Your secondary is not good. It's, a, it's impacting your linebackers in, in the schematics of the defense. You're trying to blame a coordinator. It's not the coordinator's fault. It's not the coordinator's fault. I'm telling you right now, you, you may not like his scheme or, you know, their ability to stop the run, but you're playing. Look at the, look at their blitz disguise. They pull out into coverage so often. Yeah. I mean, you're an average team. You won a football game in Pullman 1917. <laughs> and frankly, you should have won that game 28-31-17. I mean, you miss, like if you go back and watch the tape of that game and just watch BYU receivers, how many times did Jaron not throw the football? Then turn around and watch how many times he could have run and didn't. And then when he did run, look how look how uncomfortable it is for him to run. If this is a guy you want to go go and try and win football games with, cool. I'll take I'll take Baylor Romney. You take Jaron Hall. Who's winning more games? Baylor Romney. Why is that so hard to say that? I I don't understand it. I I, I really don't. Uh, Brandon Whiteside, what's up? Good to see you. He says, in the end, college is just an ends to a mean. No clue why any player would put their career on the line for mostly meaningless college seasons. Okay, first of all, the saying is not ends to a mean. First means of to all, an end. It's means to an end, first of all. <laughs> wow. <coughs> you weren't just going to let that fly by, were you? Y'all about to fuck this up. Wow. Okay. I can't let that fly. It's a means to an end. But you have no choice but to play college football. Because you're not getting into the NFL unless you play college football. Correct. Unless you're a tight end who played basketball. Um, here's another thing BYU is playing for. Proving that 2020 was not a fluke. The way they can do that is by finishing uh, the season ranked, in my opinion. Well, I mean, you, ha you, you are in a position where you have to beat the rest of the P5s on your schedule. So at this point, we're talking about Virginia and USC. Because USC is an average-ass football team. I mean, you got blowed up by Notre Dame, who is an yeah. average-ass football team. So it just sounds – I mean, I hey, may, maybe I'm not the smartest guy in the room here. Sounds like there's a trend happening. Sounds like there's a lot of average-ass football teams. Yeah. Uh, Sir Robin says, good point on playing for respect idea because we sure as hell haven't been playing for bowl eligibility. No, I mean, you were always going to a bowl this year. I mean, was anybody wondering if they were going to win six games? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, that's I'm, a legit I'm, question. I've never wondered if they were going to go to a bowl. Yeah. They were always going to a bowl. I'm not interested in second, third, fourth tier bowl that's already predetermined. 
I don't know. This is the competitive side of me, of me as well. I, I don't believe in playing for anything but the trophy. Like, that's yeah. it. Being it, the best. Yeah, BYU wasn't trying to get into the college football playoff this year. What was the point of having a football program? I don't know. Because I, I don't money. know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Eat Maybe. Yeah sure. yeah, sure, I guess. I don't, I don't know. If you weren't playing for the college football playoff, what were you playing for? I mean, I, that, I don't understand that at all. Um, <laughs> James Knight says, how about Jaron's mom? I hear she's hot. Okay, James. Relax. And kick a person when he's down. Relax. Uh, Brandon White says, respect doesn't pay the bills. The NFL does. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Sir Robin says, good point. Uh, no, I already read that one. Jeremy Bolton says, LOL, because Bronco always gets his teams up for big games. I love Bronco, but he always lost. Do you really think this okay, is just Virginia? Okay, why are we Virginia? changing the topic? Is this, but wait, wait, wait. Do you really think this is just Virginia coming to play another big game? A, is really is BYU really that big of a game for Virginia if Bronco's not there? It's not. And if you really think this is about the Virginia Cavaliers against the BYU Cougars, you're crazy. Do you really think there's a Virginia Cavalier right now who is not lifting as much weight as he can lift and sleeping as much as he can sleep and eating as much as he can eat and getting ready to do anything other than bulldoze BYU humanity on Saturday? Yeah. They're coming to prove a point for their football coach. This is not Bronco getting his team up for a big game. This is Bronco coming to prove a point against BYU. Full stop. That's it. That's the storyline of the game. Why does Bronco hate BYU? What is the issue between Bronco and BYU? That's it. That's the whole thing. Breaking news. The whole storyline on, on Virginia and BYU is why Bronco has a problem with BYU. <laughs> he won't even do interviews where he mentions BYU. I don't know that I've heard one where he said those three letters in a, yeah, very, in a very long time. So, you know, if uh, Gabe Rasmussen says, if Jaron could throw the mid-range, Tyler Algier, instead of making a bunch of six-yard runs, would be doing what he did to start the season. He didn't have a 300-yard game. Yeah. That's exactly right. You're forgetting about Neil Pau. Neil Pau is a good wide receiver and a good quarterback, too, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. Please. Uh, Jordan, no, don't. Don't. Dax Johnson says, you guys are nailing it on the head. We have to be honest with where BYU is a team right now, I'm scared for Saturday against Bronco. You should be. And as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. Um, Jordan Huey says, I was surprised to be ranked this week. I wasn't. I think that's a good – BYU's beaten four Pac-12 teams. Four. Four. That's pretty good. Uh, Tymon Scott says, I don't know, man. Some people came more care more about college football than the NFL. Well, but I think Brandon Whitesides isn't wrong. I mean, you go to places like Utah and BYU because you want to be in the NFL. And the and the real way to be in the NFL is to be on TV and be seen all the time. So those are all big moments. To me, I think that's why when you look at, at, at playing at BYU, I mean, hell, we've talked about this. When you were an independent only, and now that you're going into the Big 12, yeah. their biggest you know recruiting thing was that they were on ESPN every week. And if they weren't on ESPN, they were on FS1. Yeah. Because they were able to schedule the Pac-12. So, I, I agree with that. 
I think the NFL, I think the NFL matters, but I think guys love playing college football. Correct. So, um, Cam Harrison says, if you asked me at the beginning of the season that BYU would be six and two, I would have said, no, this is coming from a BYU fan. I, 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 I think and that's the other side of it. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Chaz Ayu should not be playing Mike or linebacker. We need him at safety again. Gabe Rasmussen. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But I, I also think you have too many injuries at linebacker. I mean, your patchwork on defense is yeah, no other way around. It. No way around. Zach Sorton says, was Chaz playing? Missed him. Uh, BYU CJ fan CJ says, honestly, the only dude I'm scared of at Virginia is their Ziggy looking wide receiver. The guy is fast and huge. Well, you ought to be scared of the quarterback because <laughs> homeboy can throw the pig. Trust me. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, you guys are drinking the, the hater age this morning. No, no we're drinking we're the truth aid this morning. Like that's what this show is for better or for worse. That's what this show is. I, it is what it is. You're six and two. You've done a lot of great things. You should be eight. No, in my opinion. You should. Eight but no, top 10 in the country. You, you, know. ha- you have to make hard decisions as a football coach. And Kalani w- wasn't willing and or did not want to make them on, on Jaron Hall. Is what it is. Um, Cam Harrison says, Bronco's not coming to Provo for a church activity. Exactly right. <laughs> and trust me, he ain't paddleboard in Utah Lake. That is not <laughs> happening. Uh, no chess. IU was on the goddamn bench. Gabe said. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Right. Anyway. Good talk. Good talk. Okay. Anyway. Perfect. Can we, can we please, can we please crown me the greatest football prognosticator ever? You want to explain that? Yeah. UCLA is the best team in the freaking Pac-12. <laughs> don't, don't see why do you do this oregon beat ucla why why, why would you bring up yuka why, why would you do that yeah i know it's by not, the way it's not good by the way yeah because i really have tried not to to talk about utah today uh-huh if you didn't realize the importance of devin lloyd to that defense by the way, I don't think that was targeting, but that's just me. Um, if you don't realize the importance of Devin Lloyd to that defense, a, you know, crack, boom, pow, like, I don't know what you're smoking. Um, and C, if you don't understand that Tavion Thomas is their best running back now, I would disagree with you on that. I think he's amazing. He's a good player. Yeah. Who's going to play in an average bowl? Enjoy the Vegas Bowl. Um, Bro. you know, Sir Robin says Oregon State's my new favorite team. Well, okay. crack, ice, boom, pow. Bro, what know. are you smoking, dude? Come on. Um, NFL. Yeah. Yes. Are the Arizona Cardinals the best team in the National Football League? Yeah, you have to say they are. <laughs> you have to. I mean, you don't have a choice now, and and I give them a lot of credit. I, I I think you know it's so funny. Exactly the complaints that I have about Jaron Hall at BYU. Uh, I don't have about Kyler Murray. I think, you know, if you want to know what I want to see out of Jaron Hall, look no further than than Kyler Murray. The guy is able to run when he wants. The guy is able to throw it when he wants. And he throws it with a lot of touch and a lot of finesse. And I think that that's why they're successful. Yes, they've added talent in the offseason, obviously. DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, um, you know, J.J. Watt. You know, you've got a lot of guys on this team now and, and a lot of talent you're seeing to pay off. But at the end of the day, it all comes back to your quarterback's ability to stand in the pocket and deliver the football. And Kyler's doing that. I think, 
man, if I had to look at the best teams in football, I think you could make a case for the Cincinnati Bengals being the best team in the AFC. Uh, the Bills have to be there. Yep. I don't know what you make of the Raiders right now. I The AFC is light this year. I look at the NFC. I still maintain the LA Rams are Matthew Stafford has transformed that team. It's the Staffords, the TB12s, and the Kyler Murrays. Those three teams are elite. What about the Packers? Uh, they need to go and beat the Cardinals first. Uh, God, Jimmy Garoppolo really pissed me off last night. Like, they should have beat the Colts. He's an average-ass quarterback. Like, he's Jaron Hall. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> um, no, I, that, uh, what I meant to say. Um, okay. Jimmy Garoppolo is not good. I mean, not good. I try to stay calm and not curse. Yeah. I mean, Teddy Wayman says um, <laughs> Titans are the best in the AFC. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are the best in the AFC right now. I love watching me Derrick Henry, though. Love Derrick Henry, dude. I mean, I, I, Derrick Henry, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that's the other conversation that you have to have is when this team struggles, it's because Tannehill's shortcomings. And when you have a running back that can really dominate your offense and, you know, absolutely can overcome the shortcomings of your quarterback, you're going to win a lot of games. It's actually not that easy, but for you me know, it was look, easy. It's not that easy unless you're Derrick Henry. But, I mean, I, I think you're seeing a lot of trickery. The Wildcat touchdown throw from Henry yesterday was, um, you know, was a really well-designed play. Um, but I think when you're talking about the elite of the league, Kyler Murray is playing incredible quarterback, right? I mean, he's an MVP candidate for sure. Yes. Um, I think, you know, when they got Cliffy back from COVID yesterday, which obviously helped them. I just think that it, it, this, the, the Rams are second to the Cardinals. And I think the Packers have to prove that they're in that group still. That's what I think. I think if the Packers find a way to beat the Cardinals, okay, now there's so no doubt. Am I the only one that thinks that Aaron Rodgers has gotten more unlikable this year? Yeah, he has. He's an asshole. He is. I am not an Aaron Rodgers guy. like, And I've never been. I mean, frankly, you know, I wish that Lambeau Field would burn to the ground. Affects uh, me. You know, I mean, I wish that snakes would jump out of the turf there and eat Aaron Rodgers and Terribly his, vexed. you know, genitals. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> wow. listen, listen wow. I just don't happen to be an Aaron Rodgers Sometimes guy. I think I just say shit. Yeah, Sample probably, comes out of my mouth. That was probably too much with the snakes. We and, made a genitals reference on the show today. With a snake. Wow. Uh, anyway, the point is, okay. the point is, yeah, the point is, yeah. I just happen to not be an Aaron Rodgers guy. But, I mean, I can't really speak right now because the Bears are fucking terrible. You're Aaron fucking Rodgers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <gasps> so. I had to take the Bears flag down from in front of the house yesterday. <laughs> mainly because it was really windy here in daybreak. But, oh, my God. They're terrible. Uh... And then Matt Nagy after the game, which I thought was was <laughs> so Matt Nagy. Okay, I would remind you that, what are we, week seven now? Yes. It's October 24th, Matt. Our football team, uh, you know, over the last 48 hours came together. <laughs> <laughs> After that ass kicking you took? <laughs> we, in the last 48 hours, we really bonded. If you guys ever want to kick it, we'll flow. This is as close as we've ever been. It's fucking October. 
What do you mean this is close as you've ever been? Are you serious? Uh, Guy, it's October 24th. And you're saying that this is you're finally bonding as a football team? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What? How? Like what well, I, I and I'm let me I and I should find the quote. I try to stay calm and not curse. I I can't believe it. This dude, Broski, is like, hey, we're finally a football team after we got our ass kicked. Again. <laughs> it is what it is. Where is I, 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 oh, I obviously I'm dude. I can't you know. Bro. You know, uh, and then there's there Dante Williams at USC. I don't know who's stupider, Matt Nagy or Dante Williams. Dante Williams is like, man, we just ran out of time. Uh, he did, we didn't lose that game. He literally says, the guy at SC is like, hey, we didn't lose that game. We just ran out of time. And you, he will every single time. Hey, asshole, you <laughs> lost 31 to 16. <laughs> what do you mean you ran out? You lost 31 to 16. To Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, man, if we'd have just had three more possessions in that game, we'd have won. What are you, Moss? You didn't run out of time. You got beat. Anyway. Oh, my God, dude. And then Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy says, quote, I'll say the last couple of days with our team, we've become really close. For us to become as close as we have in the last 24 to 48 hours, I just trust and believe in them. What? Bro. Uh, what? Dude, what What are you talking about right now, dude? What? I, I you weren't I, expecting this one. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, wh what it's are you? It's week seven, right? Or week eight now? I don't get it, man. I, I, I like. <laughs> TB12. That's my life as a Bears just fan. ran you over. The Arlington Heights to be Bears yeah. are just yeah. Maybe you should get maybe you should focus on the horse racing and not the you know play calling. Matt. Yeah, please Thanks. don't don't close or tear the track down. Let's rebuild a racetrack because you suck at football. We'll get maybe, somewhere. Maybe you can be better at horse racing. Thank you. Yes. Fucking assholes. Um. What? Okay, oh, Mrs. Boy. Monty picked oh, up her microphone. Boy. What do you want now? What are you saying? You sound mad. I'm not. Are mad. you gonna be okay? No. <laughs> No, I just, I, you know, I've come to some realizations. Like, the Bears are terrible. Um, Jaron Hall's average, and I'm not married to a hot wife. I, it's just, you know, I, I, hey, so I have to. Hey. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't see you there. Um, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm kidding. I'm not mad at all. Like, and my wife actually is hot. Uh, I'm not mad at all. Like, I just, you know, it is, it is what it is. It is. What you it know. Is. And now let's talk about the jazz. Um. Hey, guys, I left. I felt like we really bonded on Saturday. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Um, oh. All right, let's piss some more people off. Here we go. <laughs> should we talk jazz or no? Um, what time is it? It is 47. Nah, tomorrow. Probably should do it tomorrow. All right, we'll talk jazz tomorrow. Yeah. How about the Lakers last night? Mellow looked good, man. I'm sorry. What? Uh, no, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, Melo. Carmelo. No, Mello. That's Lamelo Ball. I no, mean, it's Carmelo not. Don't, Anthony. Don't do that. That is not. I, how I it said. Be. I said. How about the Lakers? Right. Oh, Melo looked good. I don't care what Melo Deep or whatever the frick Douche that canoes. Jay Z talking to jerk is. He beat Kevin Durant. He looked really good. Mm -hmm. 
But what about Carmelo Anthony? Yes, he looked good. And All the, his time with Chris Brickley is paying off. And the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh-huh. Your new team. Hey, man, all I can say is you. you. <laughs> I really don't care if you think it's us. <laughs> they might be old. Carmelo Anthony can shoot. And this dude, the last week, to the last couple of games of the preseason and, uh, and through last night, he has been an absolute revel revelation. I mean, I, I, right? Like, I mean, I, you tell me if I'm wrong, but – that He's bro been He's been has been really good for them. And as bad as Russell Westbrook has been, LeBron, AD, and Carmelo Anthony have been yeah. outstanding. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the only thing I'll say about, about this roster is we need to see what it's like once they got some miles on their legs in this season. Yes, We correct. need to see how well they operate when, you know, you're in the middle of the season and you're grinding and you're just trying to – you know, get in and get out every single night. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's great news to see that Carmelo Anthony is, uh, you know, performing for them. I, I think that they need, they desperately need him to make those threes and, and make the mid range and put up, I, I'd love to see Melo at like 20 to 24, 25 points a night. That'd be phenomenal for them. I mean, I don't think you can get that every night, but you know, certainly I think you could rely on Melo for like 15 to 17 a night. Anything sure. over 20 points and they're going to win. Yeah. I mean, and that play, I don't know how many people saw. LeBron almost broke his leg last night. Nar, and that was, that was ugly. Nar. Um, but he looked fine. He got up. They ran the floor. I mean, the the thing for the Lakers is they, you wanted more three-point shooting in L.A.? Well, you got it. They shot 53% last night. Malik Monk has been knocking night. it down. They shot, I said they shot 53% from the floor last night. Do you know what that's like these days? I mean, I know. You don't want to hear it. But they, they, this, the thing that should scare you is they're getting the exact same thing from Dwight Howard the year they won the championship. Razzle, dazzle. He's throwing his shoulders around. He's trying to dunk on people again. He's getting to the free throw line. He's playing effective minutes. Like, they're, they have the pieces. Now they just need time to get those pieces to come together. And I think you're starting to see that Russell Westbrook has absolutely changed the way he plays basketball. Yeah. And he hasn't figured out how to do it yet. But they're gonna they're that team that'll finish fourth or fifth in the West and they'll make a run through the playoffs. Maybe uh, and, I think they're a little better than that, but yeah. Well, they but they're gonna have to come together because yeah, well, they, it's early in the season though. I mean you're what are you, four games in here, maybe? What not even three games in? I mean, you're, you're yeah. fine. But Russell Westbrook shot five of fifteen last night. <laughs> yeah. He's right now. He's the question on that team. Yeah, Westbrook. I know. I agree. He, to Westbrook is exactly right. But if Carmelo Anthony is going to be twenty-eight minutes and give you twenty points and go six of eight from three, you're done. There, you're not beating the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. I agree, man. I agree, hundred percent. I, I I think that. I think that a lot of teams right now, and and we're going to get into the Jazz deep tomorrow, um, for sure. I think. The Jazz, the Lakers, the the Nets, um, several of title title contending level teams uh, are still trying to figure out their defense. They're still trying to figure out <clears throat> rotations. They're still trying to figure out when to switch, when not to switch. You know that whole thing. So it'll come. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I think the Jazz are. No, I'm not going to bring up the the flagrant two. Um. 
Because if we bring wait, up, wait, wait, do you think that they bonded in the after the game over the flagrant two? I think in the last forty-eight hours, the Utah Jazz have really come together. Um, um <laughs> well, let's hope they bonded over keeping people out of the paint. You like, know, that Joe Ingles call was atrocious. It was a flagrant foul. No, there's doubt. no doubt about that. He intentionally leaned in. He intentionally tried to clip the guy going to the I basket. Love that, I love that freaking bowler jack is on the uh, on the broadcast saying, "Oh, Joe didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. No, he didn't do anything." There's no what 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 is the problem? He, this there is a was common no foul. intent. This is a common foul. Even though he took the guy's legs out from under him and put him on his back. Come on, guy. Okay, this was a flagrant one. Yeah, there's not a chance on God's green earth this was a flagrant two. No. That was a terrible call. And the way they handled it on the floor was interesting, too, because Joe didn't even realize that he had gotten a flagrant two when I don't even remember who took the free throw for Sacramento. But the 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 fact that Joe Ingles had no idea that he got a flagrant two and just assumed it was a one, like, I don't know what that officiating crew was doing, but that was definitely a, a just a not great sequence. Yeah. Uh, that was not a flagrant. That said, two. that said, I do think it's important that we give them credit though for reeling that game in because Sacramento is is a is a not a good team, but they're a, a team that can beat you. Uh, and and I think the Jazz did a good job of reeling them in. So, so apparently, we're going to talk Jazz, which is fine. Like I said, tomorrow, tomorrow, we'll get into the Jazz heavy. We will. Okay. Hey, and I and I'm I'm cool with that, man. You know. People um, are misinterpreting what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to talk 20 minutes of jazz right now. No. Um, you know. Yeah. Can we talk Chipotle versus Cafe Rio? Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. No. All right. <laughs> so I I have been on the record on this show as the wise one because Mrs. Monty and <clears throat> you, you guys are both in agreement that Chipotle has sliced black beans, and I'm just not. Like, yeah. I, I think Chipotle. Mrs. Monty, let's Chipotle go. is not. Fire. Yeah, Chipotle's fire. Chipotle dude. is not Chipotle is where it's at. No, it's not. I love Chipotle. See? I like the fresh. Okay. Anyway, the point is <laughs> Chipotle <laughs> Chipotle is not great. I like Chipotle a lot, dude. Why don't Okay, so why don't you like Chipotle? Well, cuz A, I felt like crap after I ate it the other day, okay. right? So, I didn't feel well. Right. I didn't want to go. But Mrs. Monty Wait, Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Whoa. You didn't want to go. No. We went down to Chris Carnes' house to drop off the Traeger. Right. 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 And Mrs. Monty, everybody was hungry. We had an epic bench press sesh yeah. on Saturday morning, like 225, 12 reps. Who's a stud now, mother? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, okay. So, like, we had a great chest workout, played some more basketball. Like, it was, it was fun. We had a great workout, and then we decided the right thing to do would not be to eat. So. All gas, no break. <laughs> You know, we went, you know, down to Chris's house, dropped off the Traeger, and Mrs. Monty's like, honey, <laughs> um, what, okay. about, what about Chipotle? The, the lies. The lies okay. on a Monday morning. So how did that happen then? <laughs> so it, it was, we're all freaking starving, and, oh, hey, do you want to see if there's a Chipotle? Yeah, look it up. That, look it up. Yeah. Look it up. It's amazing that Jake and I were able to drag you into Chipotle, make you order, and then eat the food. Well, and that's why my shoulder's sore. They were, like, yanking me in the door by the arm. Right. Oh, that's the reason. Okay, got it. Sorry. 
Sorry, not to be confused with something else. But let's just say going to Chipotle was not my idea, but I like sex. So I wasn't going to like argue with my honey about <laughs> going to Chipotle. I was much more like, okay. And in the same food court area, there's like this little strip mall yeah, new, of like 18 restaurants. Yeah. That right, you yeah, could but the pro- no, no, no. The problem is, is that I had weighed in Saturday morning and I had, I've lost like a ton of weight. Good, I was really good. happy. Yeah. New all time low. I'm good. Yeah. Okay, let's celebrate by going to Five Guys. And yeah, I ain't giving up no damn Rice Krispie treats. Yeah, and then there's, oh, but if not five guys, we could have gone to the uh, Panda Express and died of instant heart failure. I'm not doing that. Chipotle is healthy food, right? But it sucks. And then yesterday, why what did we do? Suck? Yeah, why does it suck? So yesterday morning, we go back to the gym. Right. Jake and I do some leg work, you know, some leg press, some RDLs. Okay, cool. And then we played almost two hours of basketball. And so we thought the best thing to do would to be go home and not eat. And so Mrs. Monty and I, honey, let's go to Costco. <laughs> so we go to Costco and on the in the middle of Costco, I'm like, look, woman, I'm dying. We need Don't to be rude. We need to eat something. And she's like, you're fat, though. I'm like, I know. So let's go to Cafe Rio because it's healthier. Fat. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's way better than Chipotle, too. Wow. And so <laughs> the lies. <laughs> Like the, li- the the BS is so deep in here this morning. So I was like, well, why don't we just go to Cafe Rio? Because so you didn't get a hot dog at Cafe 150. No, I'm because tr- I'm trying not to eat I'm that stuff. I'm just asking a question. Right. I'm, I'm trying just asking a question, you know, yeah. and because she we were we paid and she's like, OK, well, what are we going to do for food? Yeah. Like kind of insinuating, hey, no. do you want to get a hot dog? No. And so I was like, no. no. Yeah, exactly. She's directly quoting me. Like <laughs> I said, no, let's just go to Cafe Rio. And we were like, okay. So we roll up and there's nobody there. So we were like, all right, perfect. Perfect. So we, I order my three chicken tacos and all I get is chicken tortilla. And the dude put cheese on there again. Okay. So a little bit of cheese and some pico. And then I had about a, a half order of rice and beans. And I felt instantly better. And it just rem- reminds me. The Cafe Rio's way better than Chipotle. Oh, yes, dude. it is. You know the other thing that really pissed me off Saturday at Chipotle? <laughs> oh, hey, dude. Do you want guac? Yeah, I, I took a new mortgage on my house so I can afford the yeah, guac you know upsell what, though? it. You it, know what? You know what, though? I'd rather pay for the, the portion of, you, of guac you get at Chipotle than the little quarter size that you get at right. Cafe Rio, Yeah, dude. but the problem is they don't charge I, I you. I agree there. Hey, they don't charge you for guac at Cafe yeah, Rio or at Cafe they Rio. they give you one tablespoon. Right, which is fine. But that's better than a whole teaspoon of brown, shitty-looking guac that you got Saturday at Chipotle. Tell me I'm wrong. That was day-old guac yes, at Chipotle. Yes, it was. It was. But at the end of the day, at MFers. least you're getting guac. Like, I feel like at Cafe Rio... You Cafe Rio also doesn't have veggies, like the fajita veggies. Yeah. They don't so have the I, new pork I get roast. screwed every time we go there because I don't eat meat. So yeah. I'll huh. like it. Gabe Rasmussen, the voice of reason on this show. Here we go. AJ Brown liked Chipotle till he got food poisoning. Gabe, you're really testing me. It'll now, haunt bro. me for the rest of my life. That game that ended our season. Chipotle is booty cheeks. Okay. See, I don't understand why you guys can't get onto the booty cheeks. You know, I'm just saying. Grind. I'm just saying. What? what the Dude, what are you talking stop. about? Chipotle's stop. ass is no, what he's. Not. Yes, it is. Oh no, it's God. not. It's amazing that we were able to drag you in there. You guys don't like Cafe Rio more than Chipotle. No, I do like Chipotle more than Cafe Rio. You do? Yes, I do. dude. Yes, yes. I think it's a better product. I think I like the experience more. 
I think it's a cleaner environment for the food, even though Chipotle has had issues. That is 100% true. Um, Cafe Rio, when you go into Cafe Rio, you know what you're getting. You're getting good food. It's good. It's not like it's like. It's always a mess. And, you know, and, and Giggity's on your side. Here we go. At least Chipotle comes with a free side of the runs. <laughs> the fact is, you guys can make all these these you know liquid poop jokes if you want. Eric the- C's Eric C's sister wants to know what Cafe Rio is. See, Eric C's sister, where do you live? Yeah, Cafe exactly. Rio is amazing. Cafe Rio is fast food style Chipotle, where it tastes better and you get better service from friendlier people. Hey, hey, hey. Other than that, they're very similar. Uh, Gabe says, Cafe Rio is the best restaurant ever created. That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what are you, must? Okay. Just as long as we're clear okay, on that. Okay, go, go, to, go to Out to Eat. Where are you going? Oh. Dude, that's You can so go anywhere hard, you want. Dude. Go to out, of, out to Eat spot. This whole, this whole nutrition thing has completely wrecked my ability to eat out. I don't like it. We're in Southern California. Oh, it's exclusive to Utah, Utah, and Arizona. I think a what? couple in Nevada. Cafe Rio. Yeah, I think is yeah. Um, taco surf. If you're in Southern, oh, you're California. an Eric C sister. Taco surf oh. is so good. When are we going to L.A., dude? I like, don't know. Like when are honey, we driving back? No, like, it, honey. When are we going to L.A., <laughs> Mrs. Monty? Because you're the one who refuses to go anywhere but like the basement in the bedroom, which I appreciate. Uh, but the point yeah. is. When are we going to L.A.? Tomorrow? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Timon Scott says, Cafe Rio is everywhere. We have one out here in Virginia. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, Timon. Uh, there's some in Idaho and Washington. Did not know that. Hey, Tanner, got it. Tanner says, at Gabe Cafe Rio. Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I If I'm going out to eat... I'm I'm probably Red Iguana here. And here, it's Red Iguana or Ruth's Chris. Those are the only two places where I'm like, yeah, let's go do that. Yeah. I don't look at Cafe Rio as going out to eat. I would go to like a ton of other places. But you get kind of like, you're kind of a one-trick pony. And then he criticizes me for not eating, you know. Okay, where would you go? Every time you get a chicken burrito. (laughs) Okay, where would you go? You say you go to a ton of other places. Where would you go? There's a great Italian place that's down uh, by Thanksgiving Point that I went with my mom. That was amazing. Where's the there, Italian? Yeah, where's the Italian? There's another. When have I ever said no to Italian? I food? sent you the name of that other me- Mexican place that people say is better than uh, Red Iguana, which I could That's quite enough. We get it. But yeah, nothing's better I'd be than. Let's relax. To try it. Relax. There's lots of other stuff, but you you don't like to be adventurous. Have you guys oh. ever gone? Have you guys gone cold on the smoker experience? No, we smoke like all the time. What yeah, we literally smoked yesterday. What do you mean? Yeah, we made chicken. Well, Jake made chicken. chicken. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says red iguana is legit. Uh, not stuff says Chick Fil A. Who are you? Yeah, who are you? What kind of name is that? He says Chick. Then the next comment is Phil, and When's the next the comment is. When's the Chick Fil A place opening again? <laughs> no, like, I but mean, here's the you problem. You know what? I'm not going to go back to Chick Fil A. Now we had oh, this discussion. Christ. Here, here we, we go. go. Yeah, here Christ, we go. literally. Look, God. 
Okay, Mel Gibson, take it easy. The point is, um, that's a Christ joke. You, right, you we don't get, get it. Yeah, you're Bright 13. Bart stuff, we get uh, it. You know. Uh, it's you no, know, Passion of the Christ. Oh, sorry. My bad. Um, anyway, the Christ died and you don't even care. Ew. Anyway, the point is... <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy. Uh, the point is... So I'm never eating it in and out again. I'm done with it. Again, like finding out remind everybody why. The, their contributions to anti-LGBTQ community resources, their um no, no, they're, they're not vaccine they're not contributing to the LGBTQ. Oh community. no, they're spending money on lobbies that work against Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. Yeah, they're but, spending but, but money. But that's not what you said. I just want I don't want to make sure everyone's on the same page about why we're not eating. They are anti They are LGBTQ. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they're anti vax and Yes. Now I can't eat it in and out anymore. It's average anyway, so I'm not really missing much. The burgers. Good. I'm not missing much on either of them. Chick-fil-A. Neither of them are great for you. And I would, well, I want to well, eat somewhere that, that wants about? to make food for, like, if you make chicken, make chicken for people who love chicken. Not make chicken for people who are willing to adopt your beliefs. Yeah. Well, and obviously Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday for religious beliefs. Um, I think all restaurants should be. I think every business should have a day where it's closed. I would agree. I don't care what you believe. Give your people a break. And oh my God, are we all going to die because we don't get fast food one freaking day of the week? Yep. Uh, Biff Bidio Foe. Okay. Says three words Chick fil A. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Next question. Eric C says, Let's meet up in Mammoth, Mati. Amen. They're buried. They open Friday. Um, yeah what okay so the in and out story broke like last friday yeah that's last friday yeah anyway chick-fil-a's good it's not great chick-fil-a's a little overrated agreed uh, uh, now but by the way by the way now understanding the way that their bags work you know how they yes. deliver you a bag a, no but a, i didn't know this before you brought this the, up the chicken sam how many people know this they deliver you your sandwich in a bag so that you can put the Chick-fil-A, the chicken filet, back in the bag with the Chick-fil-A sauce and shake it up and then put it on the bun. Never heard this. Yeah, that's why they give you... Conspiracy. Yeah. I, I Chick-fil-A mean, says that on their website? Yeah, they announced... Or is that like another TikTok web hack where they're like, oh, life oh, hack, here we go. fold the top <laughs> of your cereal box over. Life hack. Uh, put an ice cube in with the dryer. It'll take God all the bless. wrinkles out. There we go. Here we go. Is that what Chick-fil-A has on their website? That's yes. why they. Yes. It's it, it's, it's under not... Section 5, Article 2.78 yeah. of the Chick-fil-A Constitution. It just says, it says January 6th. <laughs> I put call your Chick-fil-A in the bullshit bag. No, on it, that. It's absolutely. Send me the link. I don't want to go fucking look. You don't look for the link. Like, I don't want to look for the link. Bellies. Yeah, what is wrong with it? It's not hard to find. It's called Google. You actually have an iPhone now. Um, you know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it is what it is. But my point is, I, I'm not going to eat a Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out for the most part. Just so, because... so where are we at with the AT&T? When are you, when are you switching over? We need to look into it. I need to look into it today because I, I would leave. We talked about it last pulling night. Pulling the trigger. So after we, you know, after we procreated. Oh, wait, that was three, <laughs> three months ago. Anyway, um, and we were sitting on the couch after you left last night. Right. And we were talking about it, and we're going to look at it. Okay. And why are you looking at it? Um, because I just hate the politics of AT and T. Now I don't want to know the politics of Verizon, <laughs> but any AT and T Wireless, by the way, AT and T is a company, funds OAN. 
and I'm not an OAN guy at all. Gabe, I'm surprised it took this long for him to get injured. Yeah, by the way, did anybody see that Zach Wilson's out for the year tour his PCL? Oops. Yeah, he done. That was a gnarly knee. Night, injury. night. Um, and then finally, we need to talk about playing basketball at the gym. Yeah. Boy, still got it. Uh, yeah, I do. It was pretty, I was pretty awesome yesterday. Yeah, I know. Um, okay. So as you know, I am a COVID scaredy cat. Um, I don't, I don't all that much enjoy playing basketball during COVID. And it is a little scary to me that, um, we played basketball yesterday. The coronavirus. So it scares me. The thing that, that worries me is I'm worried about getting coronavirus from playing basketball. Mm. I am triple vaxxed in that I'm fully vaccinated and I have the booster shot. Um, but we played basketball yesterday. Right. And we pre played pretty well. We pretty well dominated. You, you're born to shoot the three, which is fine. Wet, like I'm Unlike Rudy Gobert. But the point <laughs> is, um, no, I'm kidding. It was a joke. So we played really well yesterday. Are you happy we played ball yesterday? Yeah, I mean, we didn't plan on it. I mean, I made all those shots and dunk lows. So, you know, that was kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was fun. I, I, I think it was the cardio we needed. I mean, you know, you get on the scale after playing basketball, and it's funny how you're down five pounds. You know, funny how that works. So. Yeah, by the way, the, um, the calorie deficit thing, you might want to try it because it works. It works. Uh, I am thrilled to have lost as much weight as I've lost, like to, to be down to, I haven't, I, I am thrilled and I'm not doing anything special. I'm simply eating 3000 or less carbs or calories a day. Um, and not getting my carbs from sugar mm -hmm. and everything's great. Mm -hmm. And I work now. I'm also, I, I'm a guy that believes in working out every day. Um, so I work out, I've only missed one day this month. Um, and it's, it's been unbelievable. Like to, to thin out the way we've thinned out has been outstanding. Tanner wants to know if you're the next Steph. Uh, ask those guys out there yesterday and they're going to say yes. Cause I was pretty much terrorizing them. Yeah. That three you hit in the corner was pretty spectacular. Um, you know, it, it, it just, you know, yeah. I mean, I love playing basketball. I think it's, I think you it's, weren't nervous at all about COVID. No, I mean, I'm not because I just think that those guys, so we see those guys there all the time. There was no, there wasn't a face there where I was it like, it wasn't I a huge group. There. there were maybe, there were like eight or nine of us. us yeah. Or at most. We were playing like threes and fours, at most. you know, so it wasn't like the gym was like super packed or anything like that. Um, we were on opposite teams. So we were guarding each other, you know, like, I just think at the end of the day, you're, you're triple vaxxed. You wear a mask everywhere. Like, uh, you know, for me, it's different cause I've had it already. So like, you know, I haven't had Delta, you know, but I, I had the first, whatever that one, the first one was called. Nurlock CJ says, uh, if you're vaxxed, the pandemic is over for you. I mean, I understand why people would feel that way. I, I think that's an exaggeration. I, you can, because you can still get it. Nobody's ever said that the vaccine means that you can't get the virus. It just means you pretty much are guaranteed not to die from the virus. So that's why I say for me, I'm like, Hey, like, if you put all these factors together, triple vax, and I don't just have a booster. I have the J&J, &J, and then I have both of the Pfizer shots, and I just got both of the Pfizer shots like a month ago. So for me, I'm like, hey, I'm in a pretty good place, and I've had it once. I'm young. Like, I feel yeah. like, you know, I'm not – like, I just, I just believe that. But 
I don't think that we can just blanket statements say that the pandemic's over if you have a vaccine. I think yeah, that I that's not, you know. By the way, we're four weeks away from Hawaii. Yeah. So. I know. Move I cannot quick. wait. We're going Move to Maui uh, for Thanksgiving. By the way, we will not. We're going to take a lot of time off at the end of the year. I want to make sure everybody knows this. Like the last 10 days of November, we will not be doing shows. We'll still be creating content on YouTube. Um, but we will not be doing uh, shows the last 10 days of November. And then um, likely we haven't decided what our schedule the last two weeks of the year will be. There's going to be a lot of missed times because I actually do want to go to Tahoe. I want to try or Tahoe or Mammoth at some point. We will probably in December not do a ton of shows, but we will make content. Yeah. So and we have epic passes. So we'll we'll come out with an exact schedule. And yeah, we'll figure that out. Exactly. What what is what? Just know. Yeah. There. Um, you know, uh, nerd. I don't know how to nerd. Low CJ says fully vaxxed people rarely die of covid. Yeah, and and so I agree with that. I mean, if you have the vaccine, yeah, yeah, but like you know, I, I just, just don't want it. I don't want it. I've I've gone I've gone the same reason why I get a flu shot. I don't want to get sick. Yeah, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. I don't. I've had a really good run through the pandemic, um, and I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, and I understand that. I also think that I also think that um, you know, you're I don't know. I I, I a big part of me wants to say that you don't have a lot to worry about. I think if you're my my stance has always been that if you're what I like to call tactical about who you play basketball with, you're fine. So yeah. like if you know the faces, if they're there constantly, you know, they're not you don't just see some rando walking in the gym like I have no problem just walking out of the gym. If I see someone I'm not comfortable being around and you can yeah. call me judgmental if you want to, but I have no problem doing it. If you're playing basketball and somebody starts to cough. No, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, see you later. I mean, it's I'm probably out. a private leave. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Um, but I was in a grocery store and like forgot to put on my mask and somebody coughed and I was like, oh my God. And like running like, you know, not running, but like very like getting away, putting on my mask. Eric C's sister says, dude, our grandpa was vaccinated and passed away from COVID last month. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it it, it depends who you are. So, you know, it does. it's It's how it's always been. If you're elderly or if you're very young you're at a higher risk or yeah. like mrs monty has asthma asthma so you, you know, have to worry about that, that and that's what i worry about i don't necessarily i think i am i i could make the argument i'm in the best shape of my adult life like i don't know i am so strong i was shocked yesterday that i was not tired playing basketball yeah it was surprising I, and i don't know how you explain that because it's not like we spent a ton of time doing cardio or being on we are not but, cardiovascularly trained <laughs> i don't do but i, I think hate the, the strength treadmill. training like it helps i mean we Man. the way you strength train i mean it can you know yeah and eric c's sister like i i'm sorry to hear that about your grandfather i mean we've lost so many people um to this pandemic and i don't think there's safety in anything um that's why i'm paranoid about it like i i wear my mask everywhere we go people stare at me all the time and i don't care um, people, the three of us, when we work out, Mrs. Monty and I, and Jake work out in the gym, we're pretty much the only three people in that gym wearing a mask mm-hmm. with some rare exceptions. I mean, Saturday morning we were in there just pounding away and we were the only three wearing a mask until this one lady who always shows up wearing a mask showed up. Like it just, and it's a really funny dynamic because we're typically one of the, you and I are one of the stronger people there when we're lifting. Yes. And, and so it's like, they're looking at us, but they're like, Oh, well they're strong. So cool. Yeah. 
it's it's rough man it is what it is it's unfortunate you should probably play the music because we have to go but um less than one percent of covid deaths are fully vaxxed yeah look i'm i'm being vaccinated makes a huge difference and i encourage everybody to get vaccinated i just don't know that anything is foolproof obviously you, you can still get covid it's much more difficult to transmit it if you're vaccinated so Hey, by the way, uh, like this video if you're here right now. Subscribe. We're giving away this uh, Xbox Series S when we get to 3,000 subs. Um, and everybody's after it. And we'll give away more, and but this one's going away at 3,000. So all you have to do is like, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, take a picture that you're subscribed, and tag us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. You must tag us both. The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, S-L-C, Supercars. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Mrs. Jake. Goodbye, Mrs. Jake.